0: The journey of life. One of the interesting things is that we have to walk through maturity, growth, transformation and change. And yes if you're a believer you can turn to prayer, you can turn to scripture but there's these moments when you when you feel lost, when you feel stuck. And it is so incredibly important not only that you surround yourself with a community of people, who can coach you, who can teach you, who can help you flourish. But then there's something special about being surrounded by teachers, people who can deconstruct the word of God in a way that can speak to your heart and shift your soul. And it's rare when you get an opportunity to to speak to a transformational teacher who has changed not only hundreds, but thousands of lives, not just with his own wisdom, but the wisdom of Christ. And so today is an exciting episode of Hope Rising, where Jason and I have an opportunity to sit down and speak to somebody that we are just incredibly, I don't even know what the right words are. I'm going to be honest. Jason was just fangirling over here before the cameras turned on. Like he was he was in complete fangirl mode, and I wasn't even mad at him, right? Hi, Keith. <laughs> See, you, you can hear, Hi, you hear the cackling because it's true, right? <laughs> this is... Uh, A conversation that we have really been waiting for. So uh, I'm not even going to say anything about the man that I'm talking to, because when he starts to speak and the profound words come out, you'll get it. Dr. Hart Ramsey, welcome to Hope Rising.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So I want to start with this. I have have had the pleasure of watching you over the last several years, and uh, if I didn't want to watch you, Jason is one of the guys in the crew. You know, we we are all, we're always passing around <laughs> like you got to catch this word or this is going to shift you. Well, anytime anybody struggles in our in our accountability group. They're sending us, he's sending us a Dr. Hart Ramsey video to watch, right? And so Mm -hmm. we have all just (laughs) gleaned from your wisdom. Could you tell a little bit about, you know, how do you introduce yourself when you meet people in terms of saying who you are as a man?
1: Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me. And um, the way I introduce myself is I'm the guy that God sends in to take uh, difficult things and make them simple. Mm. Uh, when I first came to the Lord I wasn't raised in the church And so when I came to the Lord Everything was hard And the King James Bible was confusing And here I was trying my best To, to wade my way through it And there were no teachers And so um, I realized After a while of me Just trying to break things down Just for me to understand That I became the teacher mm. I became the voice And my pastor would put me up In front of the people To say "Heart, explain this And at first it was strange But there's it, it, a gift of I think it's a gift of wisdom Sometimes when I would, I would literally go back and listen to stuff and go wow, and make notes of the things that God would say. So I'm honored to know that you guys listen, <laughs> and that you guys are gleaning. I pray I could say something today that would help us even get closer to the Lord.
0: That's it. Absolutely. That's it. So Jason, um yeah. I told you we Jason and I talked off camera and I said I want Jason to just um you know kind of start pushing this conversation forward cuz I know um you've really gleaned from a lot of um Dr. Hart's um teachings. So where would you like to start in this conversation?
2: Uh, I mean, where? Where not to start, right? Uh, <laughs> um, be, because it's it's very rare that I feel like you find somebody that um not only just resonates you, resonates with you, but also feels like their reflection of who you could be mm-hmm. um, And for you, Dr. Hart, you're that to me. And so um, I, I'll, I'll start off by saying this way. Um, it's been said that when the student is ready, the teacher will come. and I believe within the body of Christ, you're widely known as, the teacher. Like if you need the you, if you need a teacher, <laughs> you're gonna call Dr. Hart Ramsey. Um but I would say for you, when you find that you come into somebody's life from the the several people that you have taken under your wing, mentored, pastored, what do you feel like God is doing in their life when you come into their life? Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. It's,
1: it's so um one thing I did one of the first thing I think a teacher should do is study the art of teaching. Mm. Um, I had to go back and actually visit, okay, how do we teach? And mm. that le- led me to how do we learn? And so one of the ways that I remain a teacher is to is to constantly be a student. My posture is that of a student. Mm. And so by the time I've, I'm face-to-face with a person who is prepared to learn, I understand that God has more for them than what they're currently experiencing. Mm. Um, whenever God sends a teacher to you, it means that your future is going to require further instruction. And so the the instruction or the knowledge that you have now, the information that you have now, will not be enough to go to the future. So God uh, brings you face-to-face with the teacher uh, or so much an example is what the teacher is, and then to begin to pour into you, not just knowledge, because there's a a three-step. The first step is there, there is knowledge, okay, which is information, and then you have to move to understanding, which is comprehension, and then the goal is to get to wisdom, which is application. Mm-hmm. And so, so, it's, so it's information, comprehension, application. And so when I'm facing a person who God has called me to teach, then I know that God has prepared their mind. They, they must have been through a season of life that makes them open to hear. Mm-hmm. Because the opening of the ear is something that God does intentionally. When God opens your ear, he uses pressurized moments, pressurized seasons of your life to Make sure you're hearing and seeing properly. The Bible says the seeing eye and the hearing ear are from the Lord. So I'm very careful. I'm very um, when I walk into a situation, I I, I remove from my mind the the, uh, the the notion that I'm there to entertain or that I'm there to impress. Mm-hmm. I'm there to give you what you need, so that when you go to the next step or the next thing you have to do, you're prepared and equipped.
0: I want to I want to I jump in because I, I really want you to unpack that a little bit. There's so much that is unspoken when you make a statement like that. You're speaking about the openness of someone else's heart and someone else's ears. But clearly, your heart and your ears have to be opened first. What has that journey
1: been like for you to be both the student and the teacher? Well, so this, this is a great question. Uh, people tend to overlook that. Um, by the time you get up to teach, it's not just book knowledge or information that you've learned or gained from a teacher yourself. Yeah. Um, God takes you through this, this uh, I call these seasons of scrutiny, where he, where he brings you in, he exposes your heart, he shows you your limitation, and then it's up to you now to be open to hear. The prophet Isaiah said that he has opened my ear. Okay, yeah. To hear is to learn, that I may speak is to learn. That may know how to speak a word to do season to him that is weary. That's the mantra of my my life and ministry. Mm -hmm. Is that um, day by day, moment by moment, morning by morning is what the prophet said. He awakens my ear. And so that awakening has to do with uh, hard experiences, a lot of failure, a lot of prayer, Mm -hmm. um, discipline, the study of curiosity. Here's the the creativity of curiosity. Um, If you're not curious, you can't learn. Mm, okay? You right. have to be a curious teacher. Yeah. And so uh, when I see a word, for example, I'm stuck on the word loyalty. Because when we hear loyalty, is something that we, we want from others. But I was looking through the scriptures the other day, and I saw examples in the Bible where loyalty became a blockage to people hearing God. They were so loyal to the situation that it became a limitation. <laughs> see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so they're thinking... <laughs> So, okay. so what, what happens, <laughs> Maurice? Listen, <laughs> what what happens is 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 that we there's this uh this these bits of, of information that God gives us or gave people in the past that that are, dev- de- are devolved into cliche. So mm. that so uh, all cliche is is a powerful potent word that lost its power because of familiarity. Okay, and so so what we have to do is I uh, my goal is to preserve. When God gives me something, I, I take notes of everything. Mm-hmm. I have notebooks. I have uh, both di- digital and paper notebooks where I'm always taking notes, always memorializing the words of the Lord so he would know you can trust me with it. If you give it to me, I'm going to document it. I won't trust it to my memory and lose it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so um, um in, in this generation, the, the fact that you guys are excited about the things I'm saying is is an encouragement to me because there's so much to say. And and uh, it seems like a lot of or uh, people have, have left the posture of the student
2: mm-hmm.
1: and seeking to become uh, influencers, and and that's wonderful to influence if you have something to give. Yeah, but if you don't have anything to give, you take the posture, you learn, and you let God prepare you and release you. Well, it, it seems like one of the reasons that
0: you know, if, watching from afar, that the ministry that you walk in is so powerful is that you are not afraid to make a person say "ouch." Right. And, and in other words, you know, when I look through scripture, some of the lessons, many of the lessons that people learn through walking with God, they're painful lessons. You called it pressurized lessons. And sometimes when we hear people from behind the pulpit, they try to shift that into, hey, you're with you're with Jesus now. Never a bad day. Always sunshine, rainbows and butterflies. And I think sometimes we
1: set people up for failure that way. Yeah. yeah. So you know, transformation is painful. The, the 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 emotional part of it is I have to feel my change, and then the the mental part of it is I have to think my way. clear I have to I have to unlearn to learn, and I think we don't teach that. That by the time you show up and you're the student, you've learned a whole. I mean, from the family of origin to the experiences of life, to the failures, to the successes, you have this package, uh, a learning package that we have to uh, kind of sift through and see what's what's all. Uh, what we can keep and what we can't. and some Most of it, we have to throw out for transformation to happen. Um, this word, um, um, metamorpho in the Greek, this word is just not just about thinking differently. It is literally rethinking the way you think.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So the problem a lot of times is that, not that I'm thinking the wrong thing. The problem a lot of times is I don't look at the way I'm thinking, and the way I'm thinking about the things I'm thinking about is wrong. So so, so, <laughs> so, the way that I'm thinking it, it, about the things I'm thinking about
0: is wrong. Yeah, it's is wrong.
1: wrong. <laughs> so, for example, here's, a, so here's an interesting thing. If we were to be honest that when we read the Bible and you read through the book of Romans, the book of Romans alone will tell you that our entire Christianity, the, the, the doctrine of our Christianity is suspect. Because we teach people that God's emphasis is on, your, on your, what you bring to the table, right? Right. And when we read, we've probably heard me say this before, but, but you know, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, that's the first scripture I learned when I first came to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you. Okay, you know that. Present your body. But he, when Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, that word therefore is therefore a reason. Mm,
2: yeah.
1: Why therefore? I beseech you. Therefore what? He's looking back at all the stuff he taught in the first 11 chapters. Do you know that God never asked us for anything until we get to Romans chapter 12? The first 11 chapters, he's telling us what he's done for us. Mm-hmm. Now we get to chapter 12. and He goes, now I'm asking something from you. Verse 1 is, I, I want your body. But verse 2 is, I want I want your mind. Right? So he doesn't ask us for our body and our mind until we understand what he's fully done for us. That's not the gospel we're preaching. We're telling people that we have to... We're preaching a behavioral, modific- a behavioral modification gospel, right? Yeah. And we grade people on whether or not their behavior is modified. We're not preaching transformation. We pre- we're preaching modification, rehabilitation of the flesh. Your flesh cannot be rehabilitated. Your flesh is going to want what your flesh wants to want. I mean, that won't change. And so, what we have to do is to rethink that. What we need teachers to do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay? And in order, for, in order to teach this with any any type of ownership, you have had to walk through the, the frustration of trying to present to God your body in your own strength and failed. And so, failure qualifies you to get in the room to say, "Okay, I'm ready to be the student that will eventually teach."
2: Man, so that's a lot, <laughs> uh, and it, and it's all great, and and so and so with that, I would say, for for you personally, um, if we can even get a little bit deeper as far as that that kind of transformation. I do have two questions, but I'll start with this one. Within the body of Christ, especially right now, it seems like there's such a focus on basically everybody wanting to be a prophet or an apostle like that's That's like the hot buzzword things and everything. And of course, there, there are for sure prophets of the Lord. There are sure apostles of the Lord. But it also does seem like there's been a, I dare say, a devaluing. Or I don't know if devaluing is the right word, but it, it, it's been a, more focused on the prophetic and the ooh and the ah and less on somebody in the body of Christ like a teacher. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, again, and it's a great question. The biggest issue is, is that we're looking for, and I think your generation calls it clout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you study the old John Maxwell uh, leadership courses, he talks about influence. He said uh, leadership, he said influence is power. Right, so it's the influence is the rawest form of power. And so I think people are looking at this as a hierarchy Not as division of labor multiplicity of ministry. So they'll see a apostle; he's top of the food chain mm-hmm. the prophet has um, Obvious skills. He can sport he can foretell and forth tell the-, the future of the Word of God And so they're looking for the power gifts to identify with because they don't know who they are identity when identity is lost we try to uh, we try to uh, co op identity, yeah. right? And so, do you notice that I, I walk in the office of an apostle, but I don't call myself an apostle. yes, because Paul always uh, identified himself as Paul called to be an apostle. I'm called to be that. It, I'm not called to, for example, what you know, you you are a, a pop, you um you do podcasts, you do many things, but you don't identify as that. I mean, it's what you do, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not really who you are, right? In terms of who you're Jason, you're Maurice, I'm hard, right? Mm -hmm. But we have function and you should be able to look at me and go, okay, like you guys brought me on today as a teacher. I stand in the office of an apostle. I am, I pastor people, but I am a teacher. My identity is teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't, I don't care what they exalt. I am, people call me apostle. They call me dad. They call, I'm a teacher. And once you know who you are, God will always meet you in that space. Because he will only anoint and empower the real you. He will never anoint or empower what you pretend to be or who you claim to be. Come on. And that's a frustration that a lot of people struggle with right now is that God is not endorsing their, <laughs> what's their pseudonym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their, their, yeah, he's not going to endorse that. So um, I pray as that within some realm of understandable no
2: for, for sure and so then with that with you I know one of the things you have talked about before is you know for for the most part for the ones that may be listening um, they know you as a teacher but they also know you as a musician a very accomplished yeah. musician as well um, yeah. but you've talked about how back in the day you had to make that transition that you weren't a musician that taught you were a teacher. That could be a musician that could play, so can you talk to us how like as far as that thinking went as far as that transformation that metamorphosis that you went through what was, what was that process like for you like how 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 did Holy Spirit walk you through that in that time?
1: right so you know one of the first one of the main things about um about when change is needed is that often you don't know it, so it wasn't a thing to me to me that the two shared space, yeah. you know. Um, I preferred to be a musician. It was easier. I was groomed to do it from eight years old, and so I was always playing somewhere. That's how I made my money in the beginning of my formative of my years. But when God um, decided that this is the time that we need you to step forward, because we always we listen, we're born in the time that we need the most.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, if, and it's in prayer that I I was in, I was literally at a prayer meeting, and the Lord showed me that there's a difference. It's not that they both share space; it's that one right now has priority. And in order for you to get or be who I've called you to be, and get out of life what I intend for you to get, you have to shift priority.
2: Mm.
1: And the first thing that the first um response was fear, and and it, it's going to be fear. And here's why: because God will tell you this is what needs to happen, and He's not going to tell you that He's the one that's going to make the shift. You're thinking, "I got to figure this out. I got to." And the one thing, I would, if I say this to anybody, is when God asks you to do something different, mm-hmm. he's, he's actually prophesying to you, this is what I'm going to do for you. I just need your yes. Like, you remember Mary, when, when the angel came to Mary, mm-hmm. Mary was like, how can these things be seen in another manner?" And he says, okay, let me tell you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And the holy thing that comes from that will be called the Son of God. Listen to that. So when God speaks to me about the, the, the transition from being a musician who can teach to a teacher, who can play, um, it's basically the same format. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the holy thing that will be born from this will be called the offspring of God. And, all, and so Mary says, be done unto me according to your word. And all, I, all I had to say was, yes, Lord. When I said, yes, Lord, he started to shift. And that's when it started to happen. The people who valued you as a musician no longer value mm-hmm. you, and the people who need you as a teacher will appeal to you. they they look for you, they search you out, and it, the transformation gra- happened gradually. It happened quickly, and um, uh, for the uh, for I think I started the church. The church I started. I, I was the musician for three years, and then I never forget the, the day when musicians were there, choir directors was there. And the Lord was like, "Okay, let it go." And I grieved it for two years. Mm. I let it go and I grieved it for two years. I had to stand of their way for two years. I actually would go to rehearsal and just sit there watching rehearse.
2: Mm. And I
1: would want to correct <laughs> them and critique them. But the Lord said, leave them alone.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. So that's how God does it. The, the transformation is going to be from him. And the, the emotional and mental struggle you're going to have will be opportunities for you to continually say yes. It's like having the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of your heart. And you have to walk by it. And just say no to it and say yes to the tree of life, the life that God has given I'm you. I'm sorry.
2: You gotta go say that again. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> say yeah, that yes. again.
1: Yeah, yeah. What God does is that he, he He leaves the tree of the knowledge of good and evil always in your path. Why do you say yes? It's gonna be there. And He but but He's leading you down the path of life. You have to choose life over knowledge every single time. Now, this is what I know, but do you want the life? Because if you want the knowledge. You, you, you will forfeit the life. And that's why a lot of people, you hear a lot of people talk about the life they want and they can't have it because they keep chasing the, what they know mm. or what they want to know instead of the life. There's somebody who's listening today
0: and they're they're saying, you know, the Lord has called me down a path and that yes is so overwhelming, so scary. I don't know how to give the yes. What do you say to that person? Listen.
1: You know, the, when you say, first of all, oh, every yes is loaded. <laughs> it's better to give a good a, a good no than a bad yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, wow. Wow. so, so what I, you know, what I suggest uh, is, um, is to is to investigate what God is calling you to. Um, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. In other words, He's consistent. And if he says to you, "I need you to give me a yes, so I can unveil for you what's to come," then just know what's behind the door is much better than where you are or what you had planned. And so uh, I say to to everyone that God calls upon to give Him a yes, is to know who you're saying yes to, and and to know that every every yes is a it, it, uh, every yes is a cl- uh, open door. Every no is a closed door. Do you want to close the door on God? Okay, and, and then another thing too. Keep in mind that when you say yes, the burden of the responsibility is on God. We, we, we act like we're like we are um, tasked with, with figuring out what has to happen. No, God is obligated to tell you what he wants from you. Because you can't figure it out. So he's obligated to reveal it. And he's not short on skills. He's not short on ways to, to show you what he wants. So with your yes has to be. Oh, I trust you. The hardest part is letting go of what you accumulated or built in the season
2: mm-hmm.
1: to go to the next thing. The hardest part is to trust that God can give you better than what you have now, what you have before. Man.
2: And 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 this and this is so nuts because last, last at the time that we're recording this, um, me and Maurice were a part of a an accountability group and we started going live on Facebook to just talk and everything. And yesterday we were talking about doing the work of God versus becoming the work of God. And mm-hmm. and, and and as you were speaking, I'm, it just the whole conversation, right, Mo, from last night, it's just hundred kind of come like coming forward <laughs> in the sense that I feel like a lot of times for us, a lot of times for me, I feel like, okay, God is calling me to do this. So here's my effort. Here's all my umph that I have to put forth. And mm-hmm. from what you're saying, it's like, Hey, no, <laughs> like by scripture, by God, the one calling you to do it, he has to do it. He's not looking yeah. for your effort. He's not, he's just looking for your yes. And, and that kind of Submission and humility um, is definitely what I hear in your response and what you have walked through, Um, because a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, like you could you could easily, um, I would say, sensationalize that mind shift from musician who can teach, you know, from the reordering of the priorities and centralize it. Now I'm a teacher and everything's great. But (laughs) I, I think the key in what you said is I grieve this. For two years, (laughs) understanding that the the transition, the process, will come with pain, but um, but like even what you were saying um, this past at the time we're recording this past Touchpoint Tuesday, like in the same way that a woman won't even remember the same pain of a childbirth, that what comes out of that is so much greater than the pain that you're experiencing in the moment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, people celebrate the outcome, uh, and uh, they didn't see you going through
2: it—the
1: mm-hmm. labor pains, the, the the actual delivery of it. Um, it's not a coincidence that we call the birthing of a baby a deliverance or delivery. Yeah, it's not—it's not, it's not a coincidence. What we—you know—when we, we, you know, when we what we're pushing out is—is is a life that we didn't—we didn't even. Uh, we had nothing to do with, you know, I don't know if you saw the video of the, the moment that a sperma uh, interacts with an egg. Have you ever seen that video? Mm-hmm. That when it, when the two touch light springs from mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, it's the Lord's doing. And so there are a lot of things that we're called to give birth to. We're in the earth because we're seminal. We, we're in the earth because there's some things Um, that the male carries a seed, the woman carries the, the womb, which is the incub- incubator. And with that m- mindset, God refers to humankind In in the feminine gender, because he calls the church his bride. Because when his word, when the seed of his word gets into us, right, we incubate and we bring forth in the earth, right. So, so he he's in the the Bible says that the heavens belong to the Lord and the earth belongs to the sons of Eve, given to the sons of men, right. So our jurisdiction, our authority is in the earth. So whatever God wants done in the earth, He has to do it through us, and whatever we want from heaven, we have to get it through Him. And when you understand that, you'll see how God wants more from us or God wants to use us more than we want to be used of him. He's just missing that. Yes.
0: So I want to make sure, uh, if you guys are, are, are hearing this PS, don't keep, don't keep the good conversation to yourself. Whether you are listening on podcast, you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, wherever it is, please make sure you share this with somebody who needs it. Jason, I need to ask, I need to ask a, a question right now. And this is, this is purely selfish, but if everybody who's listening gleans from it, good for you, right? Dr. Harton. <laughs> As, as the fellas, we've been having all these conversations about manhood, right? And as you started talking about delivery, I started thinking of emergence and emergence in merging <clears throat> into the man that God is calling for you to become. Um, you know, Jason and I both have young kids. We're married in first seven years of our marriage, first 10 years of our marriage. And so I guess the the the, the general question is, when you have young men who come up to you and they're walking through this journey of trying to figure out who is the man and the man of God that God is calling them to be, where, where do we look to as we grow? How do we find that path that God is specifically calling us to as men?
1: Yeah, so, so that's, a, that's a great question. I, I think this, um, the Lord is already involved in your development, in your making, mm-hmm within the confines or construct of your relationships, your, your, your job, your vocation, your, your, your calling in terms of ministry. And so the word that comes to mind is the steward. Steward. It, um, because what's going to happen, and, and I'm, on, I'm on this side of the fence where I've lived a long time. I'm looking back now to when I was maybe your age. And that a lot of stuff I know now I didn't know then. But how I learned it was through process. Um, never take for granted that because you know um, something or you learned something, you heard it or you read it in a book. Don't think that you know it. What mm. you've been exposed to it and the word emergence is a powerful word. Emergence speaks to um, to almost like a gravity, a vacuum. Where, where God, when once you get a, a little bit of, of knowledge about something and you start to kind of own it, God will literally cause life to suck you into this vortex and take you down a path you'd have never chosen for yourself. And on that path, of why you're resisting and saying, "I don't want this. This is not good. Things are not going well," you don't even realize you're learning. You don't even realize you're growing. Growth is something that cannot be detected, be detected while it's happening. We actually. Uh, in retrospect, we look back and go, "Oh, I grew." Because
2: mm-hmm.
1: while you're growing, it doesn't feel like growth; it feels like pain. If it, it feels like struggle, if it feels like uh, uh, like um, sometimes anger, if it feels like something else, and and sometimes I've, I have to give this, and sometimes it feels like fun. Sometimes you th- you thought that you were enjoying this thing, and you don't even realize you were growing mm-hmm. in it. So so growth is, is a byproduct, and so the word steward means. Uh, is that I I have everything but I own nothing, and so as as I I want to own my relationship with the Lord. That's what I want. I want I, God. You 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 gave me this family to steward. You gave me this job to steward. You gave me this podcast, this ministry to steward. I'm going to steward this well. What I'm doing, that He's maturing me and He's growing me. And the people around me, if they're honest, they'll say, "Man, I see change in you." They will tell you they see the change. You won't see it. Mm-hmm. I used to laugh when people go, man, you're wise. I used to laugh. I like <laughs> they don't even know. But but I, I remember I was called into a, a board meeting one time, and they were they were tossing this question around about ten of us, and it's it struck me strange that they didn't see the answer. It was obvious to me. I said, have you tried blah blah blah? And when I gave them the answer, everyone started to laugh. I'm like, what? And they were like, that was so simple. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, that's what I think. I didn't even realize that that was on another level. Because if you, if you can't simplify it, as a young men, well, you can tell when you're grasping and growing and maturing and learning by when things become, when the world slows down to you, when the word of God is not hard. When God says, I want you to do this, you go, I don't understand what he's doing, but watch this. It's going to turn out for good. You're going to build things that you didn't even try. You, listen, you're going to succeed more by accident than, than you would intentionally when you begin to take this word steward. I steward what God has given to me I have it but I don't own it yeah
0: man anything from you Jason I know we need to to start wrapping up so I wanted to give you a
2: chance if you had anything yeah um you you know i, I i'm I'm one that I, I really try to process and take in um and so you know i i'm I'm just trying to take it all in right because there, there's there's <laughs> a lot. there's already been a, a lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's taking
0: it himself. Is really what's happening because Jason, <laughs> Jason is the person we start having a conversation, and Jason says, "Well, technically, the word in the Greek. I mean, he sounds just he's. And you know, Jason is a musician. I mean, he's literally looking at his 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 body double. And so that's why he doesn't
1: have any yeah. words.
2: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't know because because I, I guess here here here's where I am because as, as I'm hearing everything. I'm, I'm applying it to self, right? Because, you know, as as I'm listening to it, as our listeners are listening to it, I don't want this to just be concepts and like, man, that Dr. Hart's a really smart guy. No, it's so much deeper than that. And so as, as I'm looking and, and thinking about growth, I, I've recently, I've kind of just awakened to like, oh, you have me in a, a growth process season right now, God. Um, You know, because- to be transparent, a couple, like maybe about a month ago from the time that we're recording this, um, I didn't realize that I was almost slipping into like a a depressive state um, to where honestly, all I had was enough energy to wake up, make sure my son was fed and honestly play video games at night. I I, I, I didn't. And and my wife actually just like this week kind of Pri- was privy to that information. Like, yeah, you know, this was kind of happening. I'm like, you serious? Like, and you know, but you know, that, that's, that's her anointing, right. And everything. And so, and like in, in hearing you just talk about growth, I don't know, I'm just kind of reflecting on my own journey. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, I guess really just more of a statement right now than, a, than a question. Um, but just mm-hmm. want to, you know, just Be honest.
1: You know, it's interesting to me that you mentioned that uh, depression sometimes for the believer is more of a despair. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's Um, accurate. So Mm -hmm. despair or being dismayed. You've heard me probably break down the word from Isaiah 41 and 10, where um, God says, um, do not be afraid for I am with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be not dismayed for I am your God. And that word, that phrase not dismayed, and the reasoning for I am your God. Um, the word dismayed is a is a is a fear word, and every fear word in the Old Testament, the, 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 I think the Greek, word, the, the Hebrew word is yare. Every fear word has to do with respect. Mm. What you respect the most, and so God is saying, uh, when you're dismayed or you're overwhelmed, it's saying that you have respect unto a certain. You're respecting a certain. A scenario, or situation, or entity, more than you're respecting God's promise, or God's person, or even God's presence. Right, and so, so this it comes on us, and and, and I'm gonna tell you this. I, I wish I could say it differently, but this is true. Yeah. As you are faced with new realities, as you grow, you're gonna experience that a lot. You can God. God does not mind you being overwhelmed, especially to teach the lesson that you need Him in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your 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 shoulders grow. Leaders have shoulders on the ability to carry, to bear the yoke, and so that's that's a part of it. It's learning strength. You know, like when you go to the gym. I mean, you work out and you get tired. So yeah. So be encouraged about that yeah. are part of of your growth because depression is not no not depression. Sometimes it can be discouragement, but more times than not, it's being either despair, you're despairing, or you're dismayed. And
2: I know your teacher, so you're gonna go look at the difference of the words. Because because <laughs> my mind's already spinning. I'm like, all right, despair, dismay. Like, okay, gotta figure that out. And and also like it back to that that same word, yare. And correct me where I'm wrong, but that's also the like the same word that's used um, when it comes to like Proverbs one, where he's talking about the fear of the Lord is beginning of all wisdom yes. and knowledge. And so that really yes. makes sense that when we put the weight on the worry instead of the weight on God, that's yes. when we L basically. So
1: perfect. Excellent. Excellent. It's, Teach. <laughs> that, is that is it. That is
0: it. Well, this this conversation has just been um, it's been everything that we hoped and prayed that it would be, uh, and so we we just so, so sincerely thank you for joining us again. If you guys have been just blessed by this conversation, make sure you share it with somebody. Leave comments. What are your big takeaways today? Um, we want to encourage everybody subscribe if you haven't already uh, to the YouTube channel or to the podcast wherever you're listening. So, Doctor Hart, um, we know you have to run, but there's a question that we ask all of our guests when they join us because you know this is called hope rising and so here is the the basic setup i want you to imagine that it is a hundred years from now and there is a museum and it's kind of a museum of this day and time and there is a room marked hope inside of that room there is a time capsule And there's a time capsule and it says, Dr. Hart Ramsey. And there's pictures of you at All Nations and pictures of you with your wife and and your daughter and pictures in your books and just CDs of your music. And then there is this snippet of this recording. And this is a message for someone who is looking for hope. This is your (sighs) definition or your expression of what you believe hope is.
1: That's a great setup. So, my definition of hope will be an expectation of good, in spite of the fact that everything around me seems hopeless. So, it's it's looking forward to what God says He's going to do. My favorite scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalm one nineteen, verse forty nine. It says, "Oh, remember your word unto your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope." Mm -hmm. And hope, in this case. I'm looking forward to so I'm looking through all of the clouds, looking through all of the all of the all the storm, and I can see a picture, it's a vision of what is gonna be. My definition of hope is God's vision in spite of what I'm going through.
0: God's division that God's God's vision God's in vision. spite of what you despite. are going through.
2: Mm-hmm. I love yeah.
0: it. I love it's it. It's simple. <laughs> well, when we yeah. see you, we see the vision of um, integrity, honor. Uh, the word respect that you just used was a huge one because the way that you respect your walk with Christ is something that is apparent to anyone who sees it. And one yeah. thing that uh, Jason and I can say is we have a profound respect for you. So thank you for, for everything that you do um, and everything that you are to the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, you want to say goodbye to everybody?
2: Oh, like do like the final ending all that?
0: And nope. You do whatever you want. Or- you okay. do whatever you want to do, whatever you no.
2: want to do. You could just say bye or <laughs> <laughs> listen, don't do that, man, because then Dr. Hart going to be mad at me because I'm going to keep on keeping no, keep you in for four hours. And I'm going to
0: give you 20 seconds for whatever you doing, whatever you
2: doing. <laughs> uh, gosh. So we'll end it like this. And so thank you all again uh, for tuning in to another episode of Hope Rising. We appreciate your support and uh, come back next Monday. For another episode where the unfulfilled come for fulfillment and the inspiring go for inspiration. That was good. The producer's got some skills in him. We'll see y'all next Monday. Bye, guys.